Welcome to the Coaches Huddle Podcast, and I'm your host, Coach Ollie, the Coach and Player Development Director here at the Ivanhoe Knights, and I'm excited to bring you another episode of our coaching podcast to help you prepare your team to have a successful season and practice. In this episode, we're going to be talking about finals as we come to the end of the season and some key areas for our coaches to focus on as they lead into that first week of finals. Let's start talking some hoops. It's been a little while between podcasts and we've had plenty of changes going on here at the Ivanhoe Knights, but we are back here in your ears and talking plenty of basketball. Our seasons have drawn to a close on Saturday and for many of our teams, they've earned the opportunity to play finals this weekend. In this edition of the Coaches Huddle podcast, we're going to be talking about preparing for finals and I guess some focus areas for you as a coach to get the most out of game day for your players. We're going to be focused on positive and proactive conversations with players, owning our response to tough times within a game, some great areas to focus on for training this week as you prepare your team, and how to use our timeouts and subs effectively in finals. Let's start talking about positive and proactive conversations. Positive and proactive conversations are vital during finals. I always find everybody's just that little bit more excited on a Saturday morning, maybe a little bit more nervous, and every shot seems to count for double, and players and parents seem to ride on every moment of the game as if it's do or die. And look, for some, it really does feel like that, but we know in reality, we wake up the next morning, we're able to make some pancakes, and normally by about lunchtime, we're pretty over it. But that said, there is lots that we can do as a coach. We are the captain of the boat. And like all captains, we at times are not going to be faced with smooth seas to sail. And your players are going to look to you on how to deal with negative outcomes during the game. And I think one of the regular ones early on in a game is missed shots. Missed shots or a bad pass. And I think there's ways that we can react to that with our body language and there's ways that we can react to that with our verbal language as well. Obviously, our body language is vital. If you're placing your hands on your head, putting your head into your palm, uh, maybe stamping your feet, making a a grisly noise, those are not great things. And I really discourage coaches, where possible, from doing them. Uh, I personally sometimes just prefer clenching my fist on my side, uh, not making it too obvious to my players, because yes, sometimes I am disappointed for them, or I'm disappointed in us. But at the same time, I don't want to make a big deal of it. And if I do, I want to follow it up with some positive and proactive verbal cues to our players. For example, my player drives the ball. They miss that shot. But it was a good drive. It was a good opportunity for them. I want to encourage that. So I'm going to say to them, hey, way to drive the ball. Great work. Let's get back on defense. Let's get back on defense. We're not talking about the missed shot. We're just talking about that was a good opportunity for us to score. I'm glad you took that opportunity, but now it's gone. We've got to get on to the next play. We've got to worry about what's happening down the floor now. We can't sit there with a mindset of, oh, that's just devastating, game over. The beauty about basketball is we can chase another opportunity to get there. Think ahead with your praise. 
You know, what's next? What's next for that player to focus on? You know, finding a moment for them to redirect their focus. And maybe it is defence. Maybe the ball's gone out of bounds. We need to focus on the sideline or inbound or the baseline inbound. Um, and look, maybe there's a time there where we do need to call a timeout and have that conversation. But we'll talk more about timeouts further on in this podcast. The other one I know we face a lot of as coaches when it comes to finals is players just getting a little crazy. A little crazy with the way they shoot the ball. Maybe they're taking some wild shots. Maybe they're trying to make some wild passes. And there's a couple of ways that we can deal with those, again, with positive and proactive verbal cues. If they are just completely all over the place and you really feel like that player just has has lost a little bit of their momentum, don't be afraid to sub them out. Maybe it needs a positive and proactive conversation face-to-face on the bench. And there's nothing wrong with that. I've taken that player out. They've shot maybe two crazy shots in a row. I think we need to just kind of reaffirm what's, what's good for us and what's bad for us. But talk to them during the game. Great effort. We can find a better shot than that. So, hey, yes, we do want to shoot the ball, and I don't want you to not shoot the ball because I want to encourage you to shoot, but I think we can find a better shot than that one. And I think most of the time, I say this a lot at practice to players when we're playing three-on-three or two-on-two. Is that a good shot for you? You know, is that a great shot for you? And I think a lot of the time players can think about that and go, well, actually, no, I do like that shot. Or, no, I don't like that shot. And I think coach is probably right. I've got two players on me and I'm throwing it up. It's probably not a great shot for me. And it's not a great shot for us. So don't be afraid to have that conversation. Is that a great shot for us? Or we can find a better shot than that. You know, let's find another teammate. And again, there might be a point there where we need to take them off to have that conversation. Remember, most players know when they've made a mistake. They don't need a reminder of the error, but a remedy for the next play. And I think if we think like that as coaches, we're going to have more positive outcomes with our players, especially during finals, with emotions are just that little bit heightened, and we can just have more conversations with them in a positive manner. The next thing we're going to talk about is owning our response. And I guess this is owning our response as a coach to difficult moments in a game. And I guess my focus here is really around the things that we can't control. You know, and one of those ones that always comes up for me is referees. We need to own how we respond to referees rather than just responding on pure emotion alone. It's an emotional moment coaching a game of basketball and I don't dispute that at all. Uh, And we can all sometimes forget where our emotions are. But I think we need to be focused that the reality is we don't coach a perfect game. And I must admit, I've coached some perfect seasons, uh, ones where I've not not lost a game all season, um, but they've never ever been perfect games within that perfect season. There's always been moments where I've made a mistake, maybe I've called the wrong play, Maybe I missed a sub. Uh, Maybe I should have called a timeout and I didn't. Or maybe I called a timeout, but I only said two of the three things I really wanted to remind the team of and I forgot to remind them of something really important. Well, so do the referees. They're also going to make some errors. And I know when it gets down to that really, really close game, 
and there's like one possession in it and a player drives to the basket or you really want the ball and maybe you get called for a foul or maybe you know you don't get a foul called for you, there's a tendency to look back at that single possession and say, well, that's when we lost the game. We lost the game because we didn't get that call. I always think to myself uh, as a coach in a close game or a single-digit loss, I always look back at the last four possessions or the last five possessions of the game rather than focusing on, I really need the referee to bail me out here. I want the referee to bail me out and they didn't help me out, so it's their fault and that's why we lost. Well, the reality is, is probably in the last five possessions of the game where we didn't rebound, maybe we missed some free throws, maybe we didn't execute what we were expecting to do with the ball, those were the areas where we fell over and that's where we lost the game. It wasn't on that single play and that single moment. So we really need to own our response on that. And our response obviously has to be, we leave that alone. Their role is to ref and our role is to coach. We need to, where possible, leave our emotion on the bench as a coach because we know that our players are looking for us in guidance. They're looking for us in that moment as to what our response is and that's how they will in turn respond as well. And this goes with opposition coaches and parents. We will encounter people who we don't think live up to our expectations of sportsmanship or fair play. And this is true. I don't think it's our duty to convince them on the day what is right and what is wrong. Our sole focus is for our players and parents and our club. If we find ourselves encountered with somebody that's overtly yelling on the sidelines or maybe a, a coach who doesn't display you know, strong values of, of team and, and sportsmanship, that's for them and that's for them to deal with and for their club to deal with and for their players to handle, not ours. Our role is to, be, is to own our response to that. Maybe it's an element where we have to walk away. Maybe it's something where maybe our team manager mentions something to the venue manager to say, hey, I'm a little concerned about this. But we don't need to convince anybody or remind anybody else of what are the right values to uphold. I always think I will show people what those right values are, but I don't need to tell you. If you don't know them, that's for you to seek and search. And I wish you all the very best on that journey, if that's the case. And we will encounter these people, and we know we encounter these people. But I think as coaches, we need to try to be that beacon as much as possible and own our response there for the sake of ourselves and also our teams. Let's talk finals focused training. We're really down to it now. We've had all our practice sessions during the season. Our players have done a lot of their skill work. For me, I'll go and I'll bump through the age groups for us here and give everybody a bit of an overview. But look, if we're in under nines and we're an under nines coach at this stage, just focus on continuing to do the fundamentals. Your training session should involve a lot of passing, you know, a lot of dribbling uh, and lots of shooting, all right, and reminding players and maybe playing some more games, some two-on-two, some three-on-three, some one-on-one, teaching them to share the ball within these games and have a focus in playing the right way, making sure you're guarding a player, making sure you're rebounding. 
but really for under nines, everybody in under nines plays finals. Enjoy the extra game. Take it more. Take it on as just an extra game in the season rather than a really, really important final that you must win. Uh, it is just an extra game for the kids to play, and it's fantastic that they've got that opportunity. More games, more fun is how I sort of look at it. In under 11s, some of our teams there, we've got an opportunity to have a little bit more of a focus. I always like to think about, you know, I want to focus on a little bit more passing and a little bit more team play because I think those will get you more opportunities to score and easier opportunities to score. Yep, we want to do some shooting, but I may be putting away my ball handling in the next couple of weeks. I don't think our ball handling is going to suddenly dramatically get better uh, in the next two weeks if I've got extra two weeks with me with finals. It's not going to dramatically get better. And I know I've got to make sure I spend my money in my practice session as wisely as possible. So I'm probably going to put away my ball handling. I'm going to put in more passing. I'm going to put in more games of, say, two versus one or three versus two and encouraging my players to find the open player, moving the ball around and finding the easiest shot we can get. And then my other focus, and I would say this is for under 11s all the way up, All right, my other focus is going to be defence. I'm going to do a little bit more defending. I know in a finals game, players are more nervous. There's an opportunity to obtain more basketball, more possessions. More possessions mean more opportunity to score. So the only way we can get more possessions is to play better defense. And I think a little bit more of a focus on our defense and our rebounding and our practice sessions will be really, really, will really, really pay off. Mainly from the player's focus point, if they see the coach and the coach is saying, hey, you know what? first 20 minutes of practice, we're going to be doing some defense. Then they know that that's a real focus for them. So when you get to game day, they are understanding, hey, do you know what? Coach really focused on defense this week. That's what we're, we want to really focus on when we get to the game. And just thinking about our defense, we, my three C's I've always spoken about, we want to contain the ball, we want to contest the shot, and we want to compete for the ball. So that's a rebound or a loose ball. Think about those without defending. Under 13s, again, I'm probably looking at making sure I probably drop out my ball handling, getting out of those really simple drills of just sort of like standing and passing or standing and shooting, and I'm making everything as competitive as possible. All right, so I'm playing some two-on-one, I'm playing some one-on-one to work on my defense, I'm playing some three-on-three, and I'm encouraging everything out of that. Maybe my warm-up is a bit of shooting to get us going, but I'm kind of focusing on those things. For maybe our B-grade teams and under-13s and above, we're probably maybe focusing a little bit more. Maybe there's a baseline play that we want to try to get some points from. So maybe a simple inbound play or a side ball play that we can introduce now, knowing that those little extra points in a finals game can really pay off for us. But again, I'm putting more focus on my defense and more focus on my team's ability to find an open player. Under-15s and above, I am... Defense and playing games and maybe putting in a little extra strategy if need be, all right? But I'm always air on the side of caution of extra strategy. I think sometimes coaches, we focus on strategy uh, over just becoming a better team. And if we can just move the ball a little bit better or play defense a little bit better, then we're going to be a better team. You know, I always think that, uh, I remember hearing this line before of, you know, we've got eight players on a team. Now, if every player can do one thing 1% better, well, you know, the, 
the incorrect math is that we're now 8% better team. So um, whether that line draws well for any of our mathematicians uh, in our club, but I always think if we can find 1%, one thing to be 1% better at, well, now our whole team is now 8% better than we were the week before. So I think about those sort of things when we're looking at our practice sessions and really have a stronger focus on team dynamics and moving the ball and team defence and defending the ball. Really, really important. Timeouts and subs. In the wise words of our girls coordinator, Lauren Ibbett, timeouts, use them. You've got to use those timeouts. We really want to get you, make sure you've got two in the first half. I couldn't agree more. I think especially in the first half, you want to try to control the game a little bit with your timeouts and use them both. And I think there's a couple of really simple areas that we can use our timeouts in. And I'm going to give you four, four areas and places where I would think about using a timeout. The opposition has scored six points in a row, timeout. I'm bringing my team in, six points in a row in the first half or maybe in the second half. That's a little bit of a run, but it's not too much of a run that we can't get it back. So I'm going to call a timeout on that, on that last score that makes it six points in a row. And I'm just going to have a conversation with my team. And I'm going to reevaluate where we are defensively and make sure we're focused on what we need to do on defence. And I would say this now, I could be up by 12 points, and if that team scored six points in a row, I would still make that timeout. I don't want to wait until the game is tied before making that timeout. The next one is, we've missed three good shots in a row. I'm calling a timeout. We're getting some good looks, we're shooting some good shots, and vice versa, maybe we've shot three really bad shots. We could also use the timeout then as well. But even though we've shot three really good shots and we haven't been able to make a basket, if I feel like my team is losing a little confidence there, I'm calling a timeout and I'm having a little chat. And it's mainly just to say, hey, I love what we're doing. Stay focused. Keep doing what we're doing on offense. The opportunities are there. We just have to focus on our finish and things will come, come through for us. With a lot of our teams, a lot of our coaches, when that clock ticks to the 10-minute mark of the first half, assess yourself. Have I called a timeout this half? And if you haven't, have one. I always like to call it the first quarter break. You've got the first half, it's 20 minutes. First quarter is the first 10 minutes. Maybe just give yourself a little quarter time break if you haven't used a timeout. Especially with our young kids. We all know the intention spans of our young children these days. Have a timeout there. 10 minutes in, I'm going to have a timeout. I'm going to bring my team in. I'm going to just refocus. Maybe I'm going to double check on our plan that we said we were going to do. Maybe I'm going to remind each player of what we needed. Maybe I haven't had the opportunity to make some subs in a while and the opposition just scored. I'm going to use that opportunity to timeout and get a sub in because there hasn't been a lot of fouls or a lot of out-of-bounds opportunities. Having trouble inbounding the ball. Always one that comes up during finals. Having trouble, there's a bit of pressure on the inbound. We're just struggling a little bit. You've seen your team struggle with maybe the last two inbound plays or inbound opportunities. Have a timeout. Have a timeout. Bring the team in. Remind them maybe of their spacing if they're younger kids, under nines, under 11s. Remind them of their spacing. And maybe you designate a passer, maybe a player who can make a good decision for you or maybe is a stronger passer than the others. 
and remind them of their spacing and strategy. Maybe in under-13s and above, maybe we do have a bit more strategy around our inbound play. Maybe we, maybe we add a screen in, maybe we add a cutter, maybe we have to clear everyone out so there's just one player there to catch the ball. But again, having trouble inbound the ball, don't watch your team struggle. Don't watch your team struggle, all right? They're not going to turn around to you and say they're struggling. You need to see it and you need to remedy it by making that time out and having that conversation with them. Really, really vital. And finally, I just want to talk about subbing. And subbing, and a real simple one really for me, was subbing during finals. And I know there is a tendency for this, and we all can't help it because we are are competitive people and that's why we're involved in sport. But just a reminder for all our coaches, finals is not an excuse to reduce the court time of our lesser players in our team. Winning with an upset child on the bench is not winning, it's losing. And that is the, that is the absolute truth to it. All right? Winning with an upset child on the bench is not winning at all. Nobody won, and in fact, your team actually lost that game. So I just want you to really focus on that as a coach. I know there's a, we want to have our best team out on the floor, but I think there are opportunities to give every player their chance to play. And giving them a task and a goal during those moments is really, really important. And likewise, our better players need to have, be taught the opportunity too, to encourage our, our teammates and to bring our teammates into the game. So once again, just a reminder, making sure that we're staying with what we've done, staying the course of what we've done during the game. I understand maybe in that last two minutes you're going to have your best team on the court, and I get that too, and that's fine. But let's just be really mindful of where we've spaced our court time out for the rest of our players throughout the game. Enjoy the finals and embrace the extra game that you've been given. Uh, Embrace the weekend. Uh, Those that have not made finals in our older teams uh, or maybe get knocked out during the finals, Get out and support our teams and coaches, friends and families on the sidelines. Finals for me is a fantastic opportunity because I know that we get grandparents come along, we get friends that come along that maybe haven't seen the game before or maybe haven't been to a game uh, all season. And for me, it's actually a chance to share who we are as a basketball club and community. And that goes for any club, not just Ivanhoe, because I know there's plenty of other coaches that... uh, that listen to this podcast. But for me, it's just a, a great opportunity to share the game of basketball. And so I'm really mindful of that, that it's a real, like a, hey, look, this is who we are. How exciting is finals? There's so many games going on across all the courts, especially at places like La Trobe and out at stadiums like Boleyn and Eltham. You know, get out there and look, you see, a, see your club playing on the other side. You see the Knights playing on this side. Stick around and, and, and cheer them on at the end of the game. Maybe congratulate the coach or commiserate the, the coach, uh, depending on how they go. But it's a really vibrant time, especially for domestic finals. You can feel the sun coming out now in September, uh, and we all kind of get a little bit, little bit giddy on it. So, look, get out there, support your team, and, and continue to make this just a fantastic um, coaching and playing and supporting community. Uh, it's the bit that I love the most. So all the best, and we'll have some more podcasts during finals as well.
Once again, if you haven't subscribed or liked or shared this podcast, I really do encourage you to. Uh, It's really, really important. Again, if you've got any feedback, I love hearing feedback, topics you'd love us to talk about, especially coming into the new season. We're going to put together a better schedule of things for you, and I'm really looking forward to getting out there and talking some more basketball.